Our second scripture is Luke, chapter 15, verse 1 through 10. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus told them this parable, which one of you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one who is lost until he finds it. When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulder and rejoices. And when he comes home, he gathers his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice for me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her neighbors and friends and saying, rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that is lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Please pray with me. Loving God, as we gather around your word, open our hearts that we might see ourselves and the whole world embraced in your love. Amen. This morning, I want to invite us to use our imagination. Let's imagine ourselves in the crowd that first heard Jesus tell these stories. Think what that might have looked like. It was likely a dry and dusty day. We are ordinary first century folks living ordinary first century lives, which are probably lives of bare subsistence. We might farm land not our own or tend sheep not our own. We work within systems that have fixed our place, systems in which those who have get more pushing us to the margins of life, and we eke by working loving, living as best we can. And then there's an empire, always present, always pressing down. We've heard about this radical teacher, this Jesus. We've heard that he is healing people. We've heard that he speaks a brave word against the authorities who oppress, a word against empire even. And so we go, we travel dusty roads to find this teacher. And here we are listening in this sweaty crowd of ordinary folks just like us. And Jesus is telling stories. Stories of a man who loses a sheep and a woman who loses a coin, and he says this. Who among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one, would not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one until they are found? We hear this, and we look around at each other. Does he really want an answer to that question? Who among us having a hundred sheep and losing one leaves the 99 in the wilderness to go search for that one? Well, no one, 
Not me, no one does that. If someone has a hundred sheep, they're fairly well off. Those one hundred sheep may be their entire wealth. One sheep is expendable. If it's necessary to preserve the 99, you certainly are not going to put all that you have at risk, leaving the 99 alone in the wilderness just to find one sheep. Maybe one of us would have said to Jesus, hey Jesus, at the end of the day, do you know what the man who leaves the 99 sheep to look for the one sheep, do you know what he has at the end of the day? One sheep. And we would have laughed, and maybe Jesus would have laughed too. You see, we'd be hearing the story in terms of how we know the world works, in terms of the world's economy. In the world's economy, those who have 99 sheep protect that. When you have that much, um, one sheep really is expendable. And we'd know that we were standing in a crowd of expendables like us in the world's economy. But remember, Jesus is turning the world right side up. Parables do that too. They take this everyday world that we think we know so well and they tell a story that turns the world on its head. We hear this simple story from our place in the world's economy, but Jesus is speaking of God's economy. As Jewish New Testament scholar Amy Jill Levine points out, in God's economy, the one is imp as important as all the others. The one has as much value as all the others put together. The missing sheep, whether one of 100 or one of 1 million, the missing sheep leaves the whole flock incomplete. In God's economy, we are not just one of 100 or one of a million as Beyonce says on her latest album, we are one of one. You, you are one of one. Last month, I spent a few days at a Benedictine monastery and retreat center. Benedictines are, um, Benedictine monks and nuns are known for their hospitality. A central part of their monastic rule for living in community is this. We welcome all guests as Christ. We welcome all guests as Christ. We welcome all guests as we would welcome Christ himself, and we welcome all guests as Christ welcomes us. On my first night there, I was the only guest in the retreat house of about 50 rooms. I went to Vespers, evening prayer at the monastery church. It was you know, about a quarter mile walk across the, the, the field. And then afterwards, I walked back to the retreat house and I went to the dining hall, just me, and the lights were out. I went to the front desk and I asked, um, are you serving dinner? Because I knew I was in Indiana farmland and there wasn't anything around for about 15 miles. And the woman at the front desk said, oh, didn't they find you? They knew you were here and were trying to find you at Vespers. You can go and eat with the seminary students tonight. There's a seminary there. So I went to join them. But they lost me for a moment. The next morning, after morning prayer, which is at 5.30 in the morning... After that, I walked back to the dining hall at the retreat center, just me, and the lights were on bright, and there, <clears throat> excuse me, was a full buffet breakfast for me. 
Now, it wasn't as completely excessive as it sounds, but it was extravagant. It probably could have fed four or five, maybe six people. And don't worry, I don't think it went to race because I think the staff came and ate behind me. But there were eggs and cereal and pancakes and this huge plate of bacon, which is dangerous for me. A huge plate of bacon, and it was set out for me. One of one just as I would find out it would be set in the next few days when I was one of 50 people in the retreat house. The Benedictines are known for their hospitality because they've taken as their rule, we welcome all as Christ. What do these scripture stories of the man who traverses the field to find the one sheep, of the woman who sweeps the house to find the one coin, what do they have to tell us about how we are to welcome all as Christ? What do they have to tell us of how Christ welcomes, particularly on this World Communion Sunday? On World Communion Sunday, we also remember the story of the Last Supper. In Luke's telling, Jesus has gathered his friends at the table, including those who would betray him and deny him and desert him. He's gathered them all at the table. And after they've shared this meal that he has provided, the disciples start arguing about who among them is the greatest. And Jesus, perhaps with a sigh, responds by asking them, who is greater, the one who feasts at the table or the one who serves? I am among you as one who serves. In one of this morning's scripture, Jesus asked the crowd, who among you would seek out the one? The man watching the sheep and the woman with the coins, they both notice the one who is missing. And they set out to find and bring them back home. And when the one is found, the man and the woman each throw a feast rejoicing. Who among you? At the table, Jesus gathers everyone for a feast like that and then says, I am among you as one who serves. In these scriptures, We encounter a Christ who seeks and finds and welcomes and rejoices and serves. We encounter a Christ willing to leave all that he has in the wilderness to find the one who is missing from the flock. We encounter a Christ willing to set aside all of his privilege and power to serve those he has gathered at the table. We already know that Jesus is welcoming everyone to the table right at the start of this story as the authorities gasp. This man eats with sinners and tax collectors. And maybe the sinners and tax collectors gasp and say, and he eats with Pharisees too. In this morning's scripture, we find all the sinners and tax collectors and the scribes and Pharisees gathered around Jesus with everyone gathered and no one left out. Jesus says, I am among you as one who serves. These stories give us two questions to carry into our week. First, as we move through our world, we might want to ask, who is not at the table? Who is not at the table? Who is missing? Closer to home, we might think of this table. Who's not here? In this community, so loving in our tender care of each other, so committed to serving together, who isn't here? Who beyond these walls might need the love of community or a meal or some help? Are there barriers for them getting here? 
How might we actively seek and invite and welcome folks into the love of community that we experience here? Thinking globally on this World Communion Sunday, we may, might ask that same question a bit more expansively. Who is missing from the table of decision-making? Who is missing from the table of enough? What does a Christ-like hospitality require of us to change the systems that work to keep people from the feast of enough food, the feast of steady shelter, and the feast of a living wage? And a second question. As we actively seek and welcome folks to the table, how might we come to this table as ones who serve? As the disciples bicker over who is the greatest, what does it mean for us to welcome as Christ welcomes, to welcome as ones who serve, maybe even to relinquish our seats at the table, to get up, pull out the chair for someone else, find enough food, feed and heal and welcome and serve as Christ. World communion, world communion invites us to think of that globally. What does it mean to stand in the world's economy in a wealthy nation and live as ones who serve? How do we serve those in our own nation, in Florida and Puerto Rico, suffering in the wreckage of hurricanes? How do we serve those migrating across borders, fleeing danger and seeking a better life, those with no shelter or home? How do we dismantle and repair and redistribute systems that hoard wealth in a few nations, leaving so many around the world in poverty. From these scriptures this morning, Jesus says, who among you would seek and welcome the one? And then gathers us all at a table as ones who serve, ready to feast and rejoice that the separations among us are no more that God's family might be at last restored. I want to invite us to use our imagination one more time. At the beginning of the sermon, I invited us to use our imagination to go back in time, to go back in time to the first century and to hear the story. Well, right now, I want to invite us to use our imagination to be fully in this present moment, here, now, on World Communion Sunday at this table. We gather at this table to share communion. We gather in this room, in these rooms. We gather in this hour of worship, in person and online, in rooms up and down the West Coast and across the country. Right now, we are gathering on World Communion Sunday, which began hours ago around the world. Travel in your mind to the international dateline. Can you get, get an image of the globe in your mind and the international dateline that runs through the, up and down in the Pacific Ocean? Maybe imagine that picture of the globe that you see when you're on an airplane of the line of daybreak kind of moving around the world. Hours ago, in churches in Korea and Japan, as, day, as the day dawned, folks woke up and made their way to church, in person, online, and they began to share communion. Now imagine daybreak moving around the world as people gather at Christ's table in India, in Israel, Palestine, 
into Africa and Europe, from north and south and east and west. World Communion Day continued to dawn across the Atlantic as the new day reached us in the Americas. And now we've come to this moment. In the hours to come, beyond this moment, the day will continue to head across the Pacific, on towards Hawaii, on and on, gathering and gathering and gathering, all throughout the day, all around the world at Christ's table. Here we are, on World Communion Sunday, gathered in this one moment of time and across time with those who have gathered at this table before us, not just on this day, but across the centuries and with those who are yet to come. We gather in this place, in these places, and around the world, across time, across place, all of us gathered at Christ's own table, all of us welcome, Christ speaking to each of us words of belonging and invitation that will turn the world right side up. You are one of one, beloved of God. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, no matter where you are, there is a place for you here. At this table, Jesus says to us all, I am among you as one who serves. Do this in remembrance of me.